This is Melanie Ake. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Donna Ray Reese, a woman who will teach you what it takes to be a health advocate and how she saved her own life. I'm really excited to share what's happening at Everyday Leaders. Go to everydayleaders.com. Subscribe to my website where you can learn strategies to become a leader in your own life. On the everydayleaders.com podcast page, you can connect to the guest of the 2019 Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit and listen to your favorite episodes of the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Now, if you're ready to take the next step and become a leader in your own life, go to my Everyday Leaders store, select the Life Strategies courses, corporate strategy workshops, or even personal coaching. Go to everydayleaders.com Subscribe and keep up to date on all of our programs and valuable leadership lessons. When you subscribe to Everyday Leaders, you'll be entered into our monthly giveaway to receive a round to it. If you need accountability in your life, this is a great way to start. Go to everydayleaders.com and become a leader in your life. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. Donna Ray, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I am so excited. You have a special place in my heart because what you've gone through is something that I think so many of us go through differently. But I have a friend that really needs to hear your story. (laughs) And I am hoping that you can inspire her to just know that, you know, you can be her mentor and coach and cheerleader for things that are coming, because you've got a lot to teach us today. I sure do, and I would love nothing more than to be her inspiration. Oh, man. So my friend, Catherine Warlock, dedicating this program to her because she is in need of a double lung transplant and has been experiencing this this pain most of her life and all of her adult son's life. And so he doesn't know what she's like without oxygen and without being able to do normal things as a mom would do. And Donna, we connected and I, my soul, my spirit, I reached out to you and said, oh my gosh, I can't believe your story is so close and so parallel. And yet you have been able to move through the process and find a solution and know that it was going to be about your determination. And so it, I, I just thank you for coming on, and I, and I can't wait for you to share. So thanks so much today. Oh, my gosh. I, I just knew that, well, I told a friend of mine when she was in tears following my story, I told her, don't cry. I said, I'm the chosen one. Mm-hmm. I, you know, my voice needs to be heard so that I can help others who might not see the hope that I did. Exactly. So, Well, tell me about, so tell me, let's go back for our listeners and, and especially for me, just your history. You know, what, uh, what time in your life 
were you diagnosed with needing this lung transplant, and how did that change your life? Well, the irony is I was an entrepreneur. I owned multiple small businesses, and I was active in my community. I, I was I was dynamic, and I was slowed down with degenerative disc disease 17 years ago. Wow. And there's never a good time for an entrepreneur to be down. Mm-hmm. And so I put off and I put off having any surgeries for the degenerative discs until it became a dire ne- or necessity. Mm-hmm. And long story short, I had had multiple surgeries and I was experiencing six years ago after the third back-to-back surgery, I was short of breath and I was always out in the community as a community leader and a volunteer and an entrepreneur and I would talk and I found that I couldn't catch my breath. And my first thought was maybe I'm not coming out of anesthesia from all my surgeries. Mm -hmm. So six years ago, I was diagnosed with with interstitial lung disease. And if you Google it, it's a five-year life expectancy, and it's very grim. There's no known cause. I, I was never a smoker. I never did anything to perpetuate my lung problem. So that was six years ago. And again, I said five-year life expectancies. Well, I literally went years forgetting that I was sick because I put my mindset in the motion that that was not going to beat me. And then last year, uh, it came back with a vengeance and a friend called pulmonary fibrosis. So it was about this time last year that I thought that I had bronchitis that wouldn't go away. And I knew in my heart that that was not what the case was going to be. And in August, I had extensive tests done. And I was told that I had 12 to 18 months to live if I didn't get a double lung transplant. And that with a double lung transplant, the mortality rates are really not good. They're not like other transplants. So I wallowed in self-pity for about 10 minutes. And I did some crazy things during that 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. But uh, I decided that I was not going to let the opinions of doctors become my reality mm-hmm. and mission to figure out how to improve my situation on my own. How because did, how did you decide, you know, when you think about, when you think about somebody that goes into the doctor, right. And, and I'm in medical profession. And so when I think people come in and you don't have any knowledge and so you get diagnosed right. What what made you think, like, could they be wrong or could I have a different outcome if I try something different? Well, that was exactly, I knew that they weren't wrong. I mean, I had had 
I had had a lung biopsy six years ago. I knew, and I should preface by saying that in 1970, two weeks after my fifth birthday, my own dad, he had, in 1970, they didn't know what it was. They said a degenerative lung disease. And he actually died of a heart attack unexpectedly from the trauma that his lungs were putting on his heart. Mm-hmm. So in 1970, they didn't know what to call it. I knew that I was in trouble, but I also knew that your body and your mind are your biggest healers. Mm-hmm. And I, I left there and I started doing some research on my own. First thing I did was I bought a water purification system that has really high levels pH, which I was told about just because of my degenerative disc disease, but I kind of blew that off. And I got that, and it was crazy because the guy was at my house hooking it up, and I was on oxygen full time at this point. Uh, I couldn't function without it. And, uh, he asked me if I ever researched lungs and stem cells. No, but by the time he left my house, I had. And the irony is I found a place an hour from my Orlando home in Tampa. And one week later, I was there doing stem cell therapy. Wow. And, you know, I I talked to my pulmonologist and my rheumatologist and my rheumatologist, his exact words were, that stuff is crap. Mm. Well, I had already been um, under the care of the uh, transplant team for a double lung transplant. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to them and I said, if I do this, stem cell would it disqualify me and they said no but you should do your research because it's very expensive and it's experimental and it might not work Mm -hmm. well guess what a double lung transplant is 1.5 million dollars and it not work Mm -hmm. so i headed to tampa to the lung health institute and i said I may not have $10,000 sitting around readily available, but you know what? It's better served trying to save my life than in my grave. Wow. And I'm a miracle. I mean, I am a walking miracle because three months in, my, my numbers had stabilized. Six months in, on April 24th, my numbers had increased and the lung transplant team, they, they didn't know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I had not told them what I had done because I don't want somebody else's opinion mm. getting <laughs> psyche. So they literally said, we're closing your file mm-hmm. because you no longer have the need for us. Wow. And you think about that, how many times, other times in your life, you know, had you really pushed for what you believed in and really made things happen around you? I mean, this is your life, right? This isn't something that, well, it's a job or it's a, 
it's a family situation. This is everything that you need to do for your kids, for your survival. And taking that step and saying, I don't have the energy to fight this, but I know I have to. Yeah. And, you know, that's the whole thing. Um, I was raised the youngest of nine on a farm family. And I always said that I think my tenacity came from the fact that we had one shower and it was on a well. And you never (laughs) wanted to be the last one into the shower because if there was water, it certainly wasn't going to be hot. So I always, you know, just had this determination like no other to win. Mm-hmm. And thank God, because it's saving my life. And as a result of saving my life, I'm going to help save other people's lives. Absolutely, you are. So talk to me about what that experience was like when you went to the stem cell um, research in Tampa, when you, when you got there. Different from, you know, being in Orlando, driving over there. For people that, like my friend Catherine, right, what is that process like for somebody that's going through that for the first time? What would you say to them? you got to take a chance. I, it's your life. Mm-hmm. You know, again, the, the people that sit in way, and, and I actually talk to people because I told the Lung Health Institute to please have people that reach out to them to call me because of course you want to, you want to hear from somebody who's walked that walk. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to talk to them because when I first learned about it, I'm like, Oh my God, $10,000. I haven't worked in three years, $10,000. But again, I'm investing in my life. Mm -hmm. So if it's a matter of investing $10,000 and living broke versus not living at all, you know, do not let the finances be that that thing that holds you back. Uh, You know, people do GoFundMe accounts for their dog to have surgery. (laughs) Have your friends do a GoFundMe (laughs) account. Um, You know... Just do not let the investment be something that's going to hold you back because I am seven months out now from when I started this whole process and I am feeling healthier now than I have felt in years. I'm working out at the gym. I've lost 25 pounds. I threatened both of my kids the day I learned that I had 11 or I mean 12 to 18 months to live that if I didn't get to attend either of their weddings that I would die with regret neither one of them happened to be even engaged at the time well their weddings are in July and August that's awesome (laughs) they wanted to make sure that mama was gonna not only be there but you know be well we didn't know at that point that I would be off oxygen, and I won't leave the dance floor. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it's about purpose and perspective, isn't it? And so as soon as you get focused, it's amazing what things can unfold in your life. It is. And, you know, it's crazy. Thinking back last year, because I had just come off of all these 
spinal surgeries and trying to get my life back and trying to recreate myself in my new surroundings in Orlando, Florida. And I'm thinking, you know, what can you do in Orlando? You're a retired entrepreneur. And so I'm thinking, well, I like to talk and I like to help people. Well, I'm in the convention capital of the world. (laughs) So I started training with my all-time greatest mentor, Les Brown, for public speaking. And at the same time, anyone who is a good public speaker also has a book to back up what they speak about. Mm -hmm. So a year ago, I started writing a book. And honest to God, the week it was going to publish uh, is when I learned that I had 12 to 18 months to live. Oh, my gosh. And uh, so there's a little footnote on the back of that book. And it said, mark my words, this will not be my ending. It will be the subject of my next book. Wow. But you want to hear what the first book, the title? What is it? Is before I knew that I was this sick, it's called Don't Tell Me I Can't. Wow. That's powerful, Donna. <laughs> uh, so what's your second yeah. book going to be called? <laughs> I oh. did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, right? Wow. Yeah. No, it's going to be called Champion. Oh, wow. That's amazing. You know, I teach so many leadership classes, and the times that we talk about champion, just the concept of what does it feel like to be a champion, and what does that take, and what do you have to do, and who are your champions, right? And thinking about the mentors, and those are all the things that you've done to be able to say, I champion my life. Yes, I absolutely you know, I'm, I manifest a lot of things. I, I joke about how I manifested a Pittsburgh Steelers boat in three days. You know, <laughs> the ultimate manifest is living, and I'm doing it. So proud of you. So proud of yeah. you. And, and, you know, some people may say, well, that was just, you know, luck of the draw, right? Some people There's would no s- luck. Right. <laughs> If you had not taken that step, and I'm sure talking about the fear that maybe, you know, if it doesn't work, hey, at least I've tried it, right? We talk so much about being inspirational and motivational speakers and thinking about the times that we fail or the times that we actually learn, and then we can do even better. But having that confidence to be able to step into this and say, hey, it's this much money, right? And taking money out of it, it's a trial that I've got to attempt this so that I can find out maybe there, maybe if we get to the certain point, then there might be something else that opens up. Medical research is always changing. And, and so, you know, as the clinicians, they always have to kind of warn you, right? For people that haven't experienced pain or medical procedures or something as traumatic as this, thinking about when they go to the doctor and the doctor gives them some kind of devastating news, there are so many ways that you can do research today on YouTube and just going to the hospital and connected to friends and and different groups, Facebook, you know, (laughs) LinkedIn. (laughs) Uh, There's so many ways you can teach yourself. 
I was told by the transplant team that I needed to get on the pulmonary fibrosis support group. They have an online, you know, support group. And one night I was sitting and I was reading through all the entries on it, and everyone was talking about how their end is near and they're accepting it and God this and, and you know, they, they're good with dying. And I got to the end of all the posts and I said, hey, everybody, I said, I am not going to die. And I said, and if you would like to learn how to live, here is my personal email address. I have what you all have. I'm younger than all of you, and I shouldn't even have this disease, but I will be willing to walk you through how to walk yourself right into a healthy life. Wow. Nobody ever contacted me. So I started my own pulmonary fibrosis support group locally. Good for you. Good for you. So tell me what your group looks like now. Well, my group is just now starting to grow. And again, now I just turned 54 years old. And this disease is something that typically, you know, is for older people. And even when I was in pulmonary rehab, preparing for a double lung transplant, much older group. And it was funny because I kind of minded my own business. And, you know, we were all there just hoping that we're going to get lungs that are going to save our life or buy us time. And there was one guy that he, he noticed that I was coming in and all of a sudden I'm walking in with no oxygen. And the nurses are like, where's your oxygen? And I said, I don't need it today. And, and of course, they're getting all their monitors and everything. And they're like, how is this possible? And, you know, again, it was my secret. And because people are so pessimistic. So this one guy, he pulled me aside and he goes, I want to know what you're doing. So I told him. And we started chatting. And it is amazing because he told me that he was ready to give up on life. He was ready to walk away from the entire process until he met me because I gave him hope. Wow. You know, isn't that that just... (laughs) He is actually and waiting for his lungs and we talk daily. And just so excited. That's so awesome. So you know, the whole the whole process is so depressing and nobody is there to lift your spirits. And he he said best thing that ever happened was our meeting. Wow. So now he has a will to live. You know, Donna, you're lifting so many people and just that's what we talk about so much, isn't it, in leadership. If you've experienced something that you can give back that information so that people can be just more educated and make a better decision about their own destiny. And and it's not, you know, for those suffering with, you know, lung disease. Mm-hmm. It's life. It's life. That's exactly I, right. You know, I, I owned a business that was very much a male-dominant 
business 25 years ago, I was one of the, you know, one of the trailblazers as a woman in pest control. Nobody took me serious, but I'll tell you what, people knew my name. And over time, I didn't take offense to people's ignorance. I educated them. And I became the most trusted woman in pest control that you could ever imagine. So it doesn't matter what the battle is. It all depends on your attitude and how much, how much you want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make a difference. And you are, you absolutely are. You are going to change the world, my dear. <laughs> I always told my mom that. She's <laughs> alive. She's pretty proud. Very proud. Yeah. So being the youngest of nine, you know, you look up to your brothers and sisters. So what do they... Oh, no, they... To me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do they think about all this? Oh, well, you know... <laughs> We have we have quite a dynamic mix going on, and sadly, I I lost three of my siblings. Oh, two God. of my sisters I lost within four months of each other, um, just two years ago, uh, very tragically. And you know it was crazy because when I started, like doing a little bit of public speaking in Orlando, my whole thing was, if you were told that you had a year to live, would you be living your life differently? And I was doing that based on the fact that I had just lost two sisters tragically. And I started thinking about my own life. And then my little keynote speech turned into my reality. Mm. Because I'm sitting across from a doctor who says, you have 12 to 18 months to live. Who would have ever imagined that what I was talking about would become my own reality? But thank God, because I was prepared for it. You know, so many times you I know, think God is giving us some messages and we're getting conditioned. Don't you think so? When you look back at your yeah. life, so many things that we've happened. Yeah. And, and so when we say we have an experience and a door closes, it's because really God's there opening that next one for you because you had learned all that you needed to know. And now you were prepared to fight this. Honest to God, that's what I said. You know, fear. Forget everything and run or face everything and rise. <laughs> yes, that's. Ex- I love that. Face everything and rise. And that's so true and so powerful. Donna. And then my favorite, <laughs> Les Brown, he says, uh, fear death if you want, but don't fear living. Yeah. And I live by that every day. I don't fear death, but I certainly am living. You sure are. When that, when are your son's weddings? July 20th and August 24th. Wow. Both in the north. So I'm flying back and forth between PA and Florida often. <laughs> but I because those two boys, uh, you know, they are my godsons. And so are the women in their lives. It's amazing. You know, this is all about mindset. This whole program today has been to help people realize that anything that you're faced with, 
you can make a difference. You don't have to just the status quo. You don't have to be afraid of what that might look like for somebody else to set your course and your destination. You really need to step into figuring out what you can do to make the things happen that the the outcomes that you want, because it is all about you having the power within yourself to get to your destiny. Do not let other people's opinions become your reality. Such a great lesson. Oh, it is. Donna, I love you to death. What can you tell our listeners in closing? What's your biggest takeaway for us? You have to believe. You have to really, really, really put your two feet on the floor every day with gratitude and believe that anything you set your mind to, you can achieve. I'm living proof. Absolutely. I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad we connected. You have just made my heart sing tonight. And I I really hope that uh, we can get this message out and you can help so many more people in Orlando and oh. surrounding areas to be inspired. You're an awesome I, lady. That's, <laughs> that's my mission. Oh, so I, uh, people can connect to you through Donna Ray, R-A-E. And yes. how can they connect to you? Yep. Facebook, Instagram? Uh, Donna Ray Inspires on Instagram. And my website is DonnaRayInspires.com. All right. Perfect. You can get the book, Don't Tell Me I Can't. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, let's talk about that. Don't Tell Me I Can't. And then for your next one that's going to be coming out, that'll be awesome. And we'll promote yeah. that for you, too. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, Donna, thank you very much for joining us tonight. I really appreciate you. And have a wonderful summer and have a fantastic time at those weddings. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Thank you so much. Absolutely. I mean, tonight was meant to be. It was meant to be. And I hope everybody can just reach down into their soul now and figure out who they're going to inspire in their life. And this has just been really heartfelt. I love you. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Melanie Ake with Everyday Leaders. I wanted to invite you to join my leadership class. It's Life Strategies 101, where I'm going to take you through the everyday 15 laws of growth. It's an amazing journey. It's 15 weeks with me as your personal coach. Join me, everydayleaders.com, and sign up today.